0: All right, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. We talked about the Ten Commandments last week as God gave the commands to the people. And this week we're going to see the response of the Israelites after hearing God give them these commandments. Exodus 20 verse 18 We'll read verses 18 through 21. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain surrounded by smoke. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You speak to us and we will listen, they said to Moses, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. Moses responded to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you so that you will fear him and will not sin. And the people remained standing at a distance as Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight. I thank you for these words. And I pray that you help us to... To see what's going on here for your people then and to see some ways that maybe it can apply to us, dear Lord. The, the idea of, 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 of fearful, uh, fearfully respecting you, dear Lord, and, and humbling ourselves before you and recognizing who you are and who we are as sinners, dear Lord. That's something that uh, we all have to come to terms with, dear Lord. We need to recognize who you are, God, and maybe we don't stand at the foot of a mountain and and hear the thunder and see the smoke as the Israelites did, but God, we know uh, what kind of God you are. God, we know that you are an all-powerful, almighty God, dear Lord, and uh, we know your word says that to fear you is the beginning of wisdom. So God, help us to gain wisdom when we look at your word tonight and any time we look at it, and I pray that you just would help us to grow in it tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. So upon the Israelites experiencing God and what a wonderful experience, an amazing experience they must have been, there was a certain fear that was among the people. We can understand that. We would be fearful too if we saw the awesome mighty power of God and God on a mountain and we heard thunder and lightning and smoke. Uh, That would be a very powerful experience for us too. And upon God speaking, these commands to the people, the people begin to distance themselves from God. Now that's something that sin does to us. Now we talked a couple of weeks ago about the idea that our sin separates us from God. That there's a barrier between us and God, just as there was a barrier that was to be placed around the mountain to keep the people from going into the Lord's presence. Only Moses had been allowed to go up and speak to the Lord, and he was the mediator for the people. That's pointing us forward to Jesus. We see that same language in First Timothy chapter two, verse five, that says there is but one mediator that says between man and God, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. And so we see that same idea. And so our sin keeps us apart from God. It keeps us from going to God. But our sin also acts in another way. Oftentimes, not only does our sin separate us from getting to God, but instead it drives us from God. It it, it puts more distance between us and God. Perhaps we have experienced that in our life. Uh, Perhaps we have known people who have experienced that. Perhaps an anger toward God that is built up because of sinfulness. A hardness that is built up in our hearts. Not only does that barrier keep us from going to God even if we wanted to, but oftentimes it drives us further back from the Lord. We saw that a little bit with Pharaoh. That hardness was there. There was a distance between he and the Lord. He could have repented. He could have let the people go. He could have done what God had asked him to do, but instead he, he got hard and hard. He continued to, to, to despise Moses and the Israelites even more. And that's what sin does to us. It doesn't just keep us from going to god it causes us to have a distance between us and god the people were fearful to go before the lord as we would be too after all we realize that we are sinners think about just over the last week some things that you may have said some things that you may have done some things that you may have thought some things that you may have watched and think for a second. Maybe no one else knows those things. No one else knows those feelings of your heart. But guess who does? God. And, and it's, imagine for a second that if God were to descend on this church, the fear that would come into us, it would come into me for sure. And we can kind of imagine for a second what the Israelites were feeling. There was a certain fear there when they were in the presence of God. He was the almighty maker or is the almighty maker of heaven and earth. He was the one that had delivered them through miraculous means. They knew their sinfulness and they knew they were unworthy to stand before God even though he was way up on the mountain and they were uh, stopped from going uh, over the barrier to get closer to him. Even still, they wanted to get further back in the presence of God. And they said, Moses, don't let God speak to us directly anymore. You be the mediator. You do the talking for us. And Moses gives them a word here. He says in verse 20, uh, verse twenty, Moses responded to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you so that you will fear him and will not sin. Now that's good stuff right there as we see in the book of Proverbs. As we see... On a few occasions in the Bible, that idea that a fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we really fear the Lord, if we really trust the Lord, if we're really obedient to the Lord, then that will keep us from sinning. Not entirely, but at least it makes us think twice about sinning. For the non-believer or the non-Christian whose life hasn't been changed by Jesus Christ, that they haven't received the Holy Spirit, they don't know God's Word, they can go about and sin and probably have a different conviction than us. Now, I still believe that people in, in some way probably know right from wrong, but uh, the more that we are involved in sin and the less we know about God's Word, the, the, the less prone we are to that conviction. As to where as Christians, I believe that conviction is a little stronger in us because the Holy Spirit is within us. When we begin to sin or do something that's sinful, we are convicted by that. The desire here was that the people would see God. They would recognize who he was. They would recognize their need for the Lord and that there would be a genuine fear there that would cause them to stop sinning. That was God's desire is that they would not sin. Now, we serve the same God. Now, praise the Lord that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have an open relationship with God. But there still should be a certain amount of fear there, a certain amount of respect there, a certain amount of honor there for the God that we serve, the God who has given his only Son so that we could be forgiven. And that within us as Christians, if you are a Christian, should should cause you to think twice before you sin or maybe three times. There should be an uneasiness there. There should be a conviction there. And praise God that he gives that to us. Praise God that we are convicted because many times that keeps us from doing something that we know is not right. Fear is a powerful thing. For example, when I was a a child... Right through this door to the left, we used to go in and out of that door when we were kids, and and we were playing. And one Sunday, I was probably eight years old, I opened that door and ran out, and all of a sudden, pop! Something popped me on my face, I don't remember where it was at, I think my cheek. It was a wasp, he had stung me, there was a big wasp's nest right in the crack of the door, and I would run out, and that wasp had stung me. Now, I remember Mr. Daniel Jones had some chewing tobacco, and we stuck it on there to get the poison out, and I thought that was pretty crazy, but that wasp had stung me, and I never would go out that door again. Well, about a week later, we were in Jackson visiting my grandma's sister, and we were going to the pool, and I was walking out to the pool, and all of a sudden, guess what happened? A wasp flew down and stung me in the back. It was kind of up under the edge of the little carport area there. And within a week's time, I'd been stung by a wasp twice. I'd never been stung by one before that I can remember. But ever since that time, I will spot a wasp nest. I'm always on the lookout. Now, I won't say that I'm deathly afraid, but that fear of a wasp nest being there always keeps me on the lookout. So a fear of a wasp nest makes me know, okay, I'm not going to bebop out a door that's not traveled in and out of much because guess what, there could be a wasp nest there. I'm always on the lookout for where wasp nests can be. If there was one in a certain place last year, I'm looking to see if there's something in that spot this year. And because of that, I haven't been stung in 20 years or how long it's been since that happened. We were just talking about wasps today. And I believe the reason why I haven't been stung is because of that fear, because I'm always on the lookout, and I'm always avoiding those areas where I think wasps are going to be. Now, maybe that's a silly story, but I think that's exactly how we should be with sin in our life. We should be afraid of sin, in a sense, one, because of what it can do for us, and two, it's what God tells us not to do. There should be a fear of the Lord there and also awareness of what sin does. We need to see, hey, this area caused me to sin before. This is an area of uh, sinfulness. Therefore, I'm going to avoid this area of sinfulness. I'm going to avoid this place or this group of people or this thing because I know it may lead me to sin. If I do have to go in areas where there may be sin lurking, I'm going to be on the lookout because I don't want sin to come down and sting me because the sting of sin is is tough. It gets us away from God. It gets us down. It gets us depressed. It gets us sinning more and more and more. And God's intent here was that there was to be a fear for the people so that they would see God and that they would humbly uh, bow before Him, that they would fear Him, that they would be obedient to Him, and they would stop their sinfulness. And the same is true for you and I. We need to be aware of where there is sin in our life. We need to be aware of how great our God is and how sinful we are. Now praise God that we have grace. Praise God that we don't have to walk in, in, in fear all the time of is God going to strike me down today. No, we've got grace in Jesus Christ and there is forgiveness. And that in and of itself should be another motivator. The fact that we have received grace along with the fear of knowing that we will one day stand before God. Those things together should, should cause us to think twice and to humble ourselves before the Lord and to avoid sinfulness. And that was the desire of God in these verses, that the people would fear Him and they would not sin. Do you fear the Lord? Are you convicted by the Holy Spirit when sin is before you? Your sin distances you from God. Just as the Israelites were distanced from God because of the barrier and more distance they put between themselves and God because of their sinfulness, know that we don't have to do that. Know that Jesus Christ will forgive us of our sins so that we can go to God so that we can let God lead and guide us and, and teach us through His Word so that we can be obedient to what He calls us to, so that we can be found faithful to Him and not be found guilty of giving in to sins that we don't need to give into. to. And if we are giving in to sin, then we need to repent of that. We need to come to Jesus Christ and know that what He did on the cross can pay for our sins past and pay for our sins future. And whatever's in our life that may be giving... Uh, causing us to distance ourselves from God anymore, don't do it. Don't distance yourself from God anymore. Go to God. Ask Jesus Christ to repent or repent of your sins. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and run to God and cut that distance out because Jesus has done that for you. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would just help us to... Be aware of sin. It's lurking around the corner. It's lurking in lots of different areas waiting to pounce on us, dear Lord. So help us to have wisdom to see and know how sin affects us in our life and to avoid areas where sin may get us in the future. Help us always to be on the lookout, dear Lord, for our sin, that it won't come down and it won't sting us and catch us off guard. God, help us to respect you and to fear you in the way that you uh, were calling your people to in these verses, dear Lord that it will cause us to think twice before we sin. God, let the Holy Spirit convict us. Maybe there are things in our life now we need to be convicted of or we need to give you. God, I pray that we would just ask for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, dear Lord, knowing that you are faithful to forgive. God, we are not perfect and we are going to sin, but God, we don't want to uh, misuse grace, dear Lord. We don't want to use our forgiveness as an excuse uh, to sin all we want to, dear Lord. That's not what you call us to. But yet still, dear Lord, there are times that we do sin, so I pray that you forgive us of those times, and I pray that you help us going forward, that we can steer clear of of those sinful things in our life. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Amen.